Well, it is a privilege to be here. Okay, well, hopefully my glasses won't interfere with this thing I have hanging around my ear. I don't really need glasses, but I've noticed that there's a lot of people who wear glasses and to make you feel more comfortable, I'll, I'll wear my glasses. The other thing, it probably, as, as Wally said, the ranch maintaining true to, its, to the Word of God and the truthfulness of God's Word, um, I, I probably ought to have them on just so that when I read out of Scripture that it does come out the way that, that God wrote it there. Um, just the other night I had the opportunity, uh, my, my son who is 18 years old, uh, had some friends up to the ranch to play paintball. He had a birthday a month ago and schedules didn't work out, so the guys came up and he asked me to do a devotional and, and we were talking and I shared a little bit this morning in Sunday school about what we talked about a little last night as I was sharing with those young men. And, and one of the fellows made a comment. Somebody was quoting something uh, that the Apostle Paul had, had written and I, and I don't remember the situation, but one of the, one of the young men said, well, um, yeah, I think what the Apostle Paul was saying was this, and he was, he was right on with what he was saying. And the other guy said, well, I think he was maybe trying to say this, but this is what he ended up writing. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What is there is what the Apostle Paul said. There is no question, you can rest assured on that, that what is there is what God intended to be there. And we're going to look this morning at, at faith. I, I want to ask you a question, though, uh, before we get started, is when, when I ask you to think about something that would bring joy to your mind, think, think about something that, that is a joyful thought to you, and just kind of hang on to that in the back of your mind, and we'll get to that later on in the service. Um, I, I talked to your pastor, Pastor Matt, several weeks ago about coming down, um, and he told me the time slot of the service, and as I get older, my memory gets a little bad, and I was looking in the bulletin, and there really isn't any time thing there, so I asked a young man out in the, out in, what do you call that out there? Is that the North Ox, the vestibule? The foyer, okay. You always have to check that out. Talked to somebody out in the foyer, and he said, well, you know, you can go till about, um, you know, 1230. That would, that would be fine. So I, I won't point him out now, but if I do go till 1230, I'll tell you who it was so that you can stone him and not me. Okay, um, I brought a, a video that, that really is just uh, every week when the kids come to camp, um, they, uh, they, get, they can get a video at the end of the week. It's just pictures of the week at camp. This happens to be week number seven. Uh, we're going to play through some of it. I won't play the whole thing, and then we'll cut it off. Because for those of you who maybe haven't been at the ranch, it has some of the buildings, and, uh, but the, the summer camp, you'll definitely get a picture of that and what's going on here. One thing that I learned this summer after getting saved was that God will forgive you no matter how many times you sin. I thought that after you sin like a multiple number of times that you won't go to heaven, he won't like bring you to heaven. But I learned after a couple chapels that he always forgives and he loves and he'll always forgive. that video 
No? What about you? Sometime in August. After that one, okay. All right. Well, that just gives you a, a little glimpse. If you haven't been there, that, that summer camp, the ranch has a lot of other things that we do and ministries that we offer uh, between uh, different retreats. And there's a ladies' retreat coming up, which is actually full, I believe. Um, if, if you're really interested, you could get on the web and check it out, but I believe that it is uh, filled to the max. Um, uh, we've had, we just finished our last horse lovers retreat this last Saturday. Uh, there were two of those this fall. And God has continued to bless. I'll, I'll just give you a, a quick update as far as um, some things going on in the ministry, and, and then we'll get into God's Word. Um, just uh, the three weeks ago, I believe, they're, they're still getting some, some mailings and stuff drafted. Uh, there was a, a family who was up, a, a lady that um, her husband has since passed, but she's from Texas, and she uh, spoke with, with Mark Brenner. Mark Brenner has moved out of the construction area at the ranch, and he's now uh, chief financial officer at the ranch, and uh, she said that she wanted to speak with Mark, so they spent some time together, and she said, uh, what's the biggest need at the ministry right now? And we said, well, the paying off the mortgage would probably be the biggest thing because of the drain that it is on the monthly budget and all of that kind of stuff. And she said, well, how much is that? And Mark and her discussed some numbers. And she said, well, I would be willing to, to make a pledge of $300,000, and that's a matching pledge. So for every dollar given, up to $300,000, this, this lady will give a dollar. Um, if you actually look at that from our mortgage standpoint, it's, it's actually, if you give a dollar, you give almost two dollars because if we pay the mortgage off ahead of time, we save almost a dollar more in interest. So it's, uh, we have, uh, the ranch has never had a situation like this. The ranch has never had a mortgage before either. So uh, God, God always is there willing to meet, meet our needs in ways that, that we don't even imagine. I uh, could not imagine uh, a lady being up from Texas and... and uh, she has a religious background. Um, her, her family does not believe that, that she has truly surrendered her life to the Lord. So uh, above and beyond the finances, uh, we, didn't, we would love and covet your prayers for, for her to come to know the Lord. Um, but, but her heart does seem to be tender to things that are, are going on at the ministry. So if you'd come alongside us and pray with that, if, if you're interested in information, like I said, they haven't gotten any published yet but you can get on the website and, and um, search into that a little bit. Um, there's probably a few things that, uh, that make me nervous. Um, one is, is speaking in front of people, so I'll be traveling back and forth. I hope, hopefully I won't wear the carpet out up here. Um, the other thing is when a, when, a, when a pastor's not here, that's, that's kind of convenient because, you know, he's you know, maybe not critiquing your message or whatever. But, but then for the pastor to say, I'm looking forward to listening to what you have to share when I get back. And I was like, oh. So, but but I, I pray that, that what he will listen to and what you listen to today are, are words from, from God because um, I'm just blessed to be a representative of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I... I Started crying in Sunday school class. For any of you who know Matt Cox and have seen Matt speak very much, Matt and I both have this water issue. It likes to flood through our eye gates sometimes. But um, that's, that's okay. Um, 
the uh, little update maybe on the, the fire restoration, uh, the, the barn that houses the horses through the wintertime. That was finished last fall, but we didn't get all of the exterior of it finished, so we had about, um, well, there weren't hardly any horses that were actually able to use that barn last year. Uh, by this fall, hopefully it will all be completed. Our hay is all stored in that one barn. Um, we, we were able to hire a contractor to come in and, and build a lot of it. We, again, did a lot of the work ourselves, but uh, and then we converted one of the other barns that was burned. That became our critter corral for this summer. So if you were up, you saw that. And um, we definitely have plans to rebuild the critter corral over the next couple of years as, as the Lord provides the finances. So what we want to look at today is, is faith. Now faith, to, in order to give it a definition so we know where we're working from here, faith is believing in something. Okay. Now how many of you would agree with that? Based believing in something. We all believe in something, right? Okay, so a lot of people can have faith in their retirement account. Uh, they can have faith in their car. They can have faith in a family member or whatever. But the faith we're going to look at is, is, is a faith that comes to us as a believer from God. It's the assent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another. Now, in the, in the context of the Christian faith, we're talking about the faith that, that is um, given us in the Word of God. And, and it, is, it is our privilege, it is also our requirement as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ to be um, pursuing our relationship with Christ in this thing called faith actually growing. Um, I have, my wife and I celebrated our 25th anniversary last February. Or, I'm sorry, boy, phew. Get myself in trouble. She, hopefully she's not going to listen to this. Last, last December, we actually did our 25th. We got a chance to go to Florida in February. So the February was in there. Um, but we've actually been together for 30 years. And I, I know I don't look that old, but it's true. We, we met when we were five. Um, so as, as I think about faith, a picture that, that helps me understand that, and when I think about my faith growing is thinking about the love for my wife and how it has grown. It has not remained the same. It has not remained stagnant, thanks to be to God, because she ha- would have a lot of reason to allow it to become stagnant, being married to me. But um, it's, it's something that continues to grow. And when, we, when we're looking at faith, it's something that is supposed to be growing. It's something that Scripture talks about. It, it says, O ye of little faith, so, so we can have faith, but have little of it. And then Scripture also talks about that somebody had, had much faith. Wow. For, for us to be able to be described as having much faith. Sometimes I can be described as having much fear. Being very anxious about something. And yet, God says, have, have faith. Faith comes from us placing our trust in something. Now, interestingly, when you think about trust, do, does trust grow? Can, can trust grow? Like how we, uh, can we get more trust than, than we have? Or do we have a kind of a, a finite amount of trust? So I'd, I'd like to pose this as a thought of this faith thing can grow and as we place more of our trust in God than our faith in God grows. 
My trust, I, I believe that in Scripture supports that I, I only have so much. I either place it over here or I place it over here. I either place it in myself or I place it in God. It's really that simple, I think. And, and it, it's, it's where I place it if I place all of my trust in God, then, then my faith just begins to grow exponentially. And, and I can face things that, wow, I, I think back and I'm like, wow, either, either I'm really you know, getting more forgetful or forget that I'm supposed to be afraid in this situation or I, I forget that I, this used to cause anxiety and now, now it doesn't. Well, why is that? It's because... I've placed my trust in God and I've said, God, you, you have control of this. You're the one who is sovereign over everything. Having strong faith or having no faith in one's testimony. So as we think about us as believers, we, we, if we put our faith in Scripture, we are putting our faith in the fact that the testimony of the authors of Scripture were inspired by God. Okay? Now there's there's some different kinds of faith if we think about faith in in the saving faith scenario. Saving faith would be that that I'm placing my faith in in God as my savior through the shed blood of his son Jesus Christ. That's saving faith. Okay? That's that's not what we're talking about this morning. If if we come to that point of saving faith, that decision was made. That, that one's done, taken care of. You can put that one back here. But the faith we're looking at is the faith of, of, of pursuit of Jesus Christ. A, a running after the, this goal that is set before us. Okay. For the sake of time, I, I was going to look at some of those that talked about saving faith, but we won't. What we're looking at this morning is uh, the... the the doctrines, Christian doctrine, that is the the faith. When when somebody uh, you can be talking with someone, you can say, "Is is he of the faith?" Now, maybe that's kind of a, a different term than what we're used to today. But um, when in Scripture, when it talks about that in that context, it's it's the the body of of Christ, followers of Christ. It's it's the Christian doctrine that the Bible teaches. That's this faith that we're looking at. Our our adherence to that, our belief in that, our pursuit of that. So keeping the faith. It's a daily reliance. It's a trusting or resting in God. Now, several years ago, my, my wife and I, we had, my, my wife and I have six children, and my oldest is 24. She's married. That kind of gives away the fact that I was five when I met my wife. But, um, and, but we got a chance to go to Canada several years ago, and and on that trip, God gave me an analogy that I've used several times, and it, and it really just solidified it in my own mind of this faith and trust and, and obedience and everything. And we were on our way to Canada. There were some friends that were going along with us, and I had a, a boat at the time, and I had a cap on my truck and the boat behind. And um, I'm, I'm a mechanic and have been for, for a good part of my life, and I was very foolish in the fact when I bought this boat, this guy gave me a hitch and it had this ball with it that, that the nut comes up from the bottom and screws, into the, screws up into the bottom of the ball. Now, that might mean nothing to a lot of you, but to some of you that means a lot. And so what happened is they had this, 
really chintzy little washer in there that was supposed to support all that tension. Well, we were driving through the night and had driven all night, and it was in the early morning, and the sun was coming up, and we came down this uh, situation, and our friends were following behind us. We came down across these railroad tracks and started up this hill, and uh, it was a three-lane, so that there was a passing lane, but then just one lane coming down. So we were in the right-hand lane. We went down across the railroad tracks, and you know what that's like when you're towing something, you kind of feel it, and I knew that the trailer came off. And I said, honey, we, we lost the boat. And I'm looking in my mirror, in my left mirror, and I see nothing. I look in my right mirror, and I see the, t- the tongue of my boat as it's starting to come up along beside us because it had a little more momentum. And I'm thinking, oh, my. And in, in this area of Canada, they had a lot of cable guardrails. Well, the, the, the tongue went underneath the cables, and it, it severed the wire or the rope that had the boat held on and everything. And I'm watching. I can't see out my back mirror because I have a cap on. I'm watching out my right side mirror, and I'm starting to pull off to the side, and I, and I see my boat going into the guardrails, and I'm thinking, well, good, it's going to stop. And then I see it go airborne. God, God is my witness. It was a tri-hull boat. It was an MFG. I could, I could see the prop hanging off the back of my boat as the boat's going like this, and it hits a pole and comes sideways and flips over and comes right down, lands right in the, the middle of the two lanes of traffic. Now, like I said, it was morning. It wasn't very busy, but it was busy coming the other way, but thankfully it was two lanes there. Well, unbeknownst to us, we, we come to a stop, and the boat's laying in the road, and you know, we're all like, wow, you know, everybody's okay. This is all right. It's just a boat. And um, so we get out of the vehicle, and, and our friend's behind us. The, the lady, her name's Amy, and she's just frantic. She's just sobbing. And, and I'm like, Amy, it's okay. It's, it was the boat. And she's like, I, I thought you guys went over she hadn't seen the back of our truck the whole way so when the boat's going over she didn't know what the back of our truck looked like she thought we went over i tell you that story to to make this illustration of i i began to picture this in my mind as my my truck was was faith okay faith is what we should be guided by and principled by in our life faith in the word of god and trust was, was my hitch because we put our trust in something. I could have hooked my boat to my friend's truck or I could have hooked it to another truck, or, but, but I, I, I hooked my boat to my truck. My hitch was, was truth. I was placing everything connecting my boat to the hitch of my truck. And my truck was the driver that was towing the boat. So my boat we could call as obedience. It's obedience back here. My, my boat obeys wherever my truck goes. When the, when the disconnect took place, when my, when my boat took its trust <laughs> off of my truck, it was on its own. And it went over, and, and it, it, was, it was pretty neat, actually. Looking back on it, I was like, wow. I, I actually, the, the, I mean, it folded the windows back, and I was able to put everything back together, and we actually used the boat that weekend. I was, the funny thing was the police officer, we're in Canada, and he asked me how fast I was going. And I said, 45. And he looks at me like, yeah, right, buddy. Come on, you know, get honest with me. And he's like, oh, miles per hour. And I was like, yes, yes, miles per hour. That would have been like me going, what, 20 or, or 15 or whatever in kilometers. He thought I was saying 45 kilometers. But as, as, we, as God has continued to, to work that picture through my mind, where, where am I with that hitch? Is, is my trust all placed securely connected 
to the Word, to God's Word that is unchangeable, immutable. It, it, is, it is not changed since the time that it was recorded. This young man's perspective of, well, maybe Paul meant to say this. No, Paul said what Paul meant to say because it wasn't Paul saying it. You know, I could stand up here before you and I could speak something wrong and, and it could be wrong and, and, and it could be you know, so contrary to God's Word, but God's Word is not wrong. Maybe how I interpret it at times, and, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm 47 years old. I have misinterpreted God's Word before and God has chastised me as a result of that. I have, I have lived out what I wanted to say was His Word in a way that did not honor Him. And I think each of us, if we're honest, we would have to say that, but, but it doesn't have to stay there. I don't have to say, well, you know, my boat came unhooked. We hooked my boat back up to the truck. It took a lot of work, but we got it hooked back up. The hitch was like this, so we got bars on it, we got it hooked on, and we had to take the boat off and haul it on the other trailer, but, but my trailer went like this all the way. The one tire was just bobbing off the ground, but we were able to fix that wreck. Because we were able to reattach it to my truck and it again became obedient. And my boat was trusting in my truck again. The hitch was a hitch that was securely fastened and we were headed in the right direction. Let's look at Psalm 19. I didn't get everything he said, but it must have been funny. Psalm chapter 19, starting in verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. See, there's hope for us simple ones to become wise. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward." Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Wow, think about that, guys. Let the, let the words of my mouth... Boy, I tell you what, there's times I speak some words that, that aren't honoring. And it goes even deeper. He says, in, in the meditation of your heart. Wow, what do you think about when you're not thinking about anything? <laughs> we really can't not think about anything. Our mind's always on something. What is it? What is our heart meditating on? Is it meditating on the truth of God's Word? Is it meditating on His statutes, on His commands? 
Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. See, they, they have to be acceptable in whose sight? In God's sight. Boy, so often I just I want them to I want them to be acceptable in my wife's sight. I want them to be acceptable in my boss's sight. I can I can do that pretty good. I'm I'm pretty good at that. But wow. Be acceptable in God's sight? God knows things that I think that I don't even want to admit. Wow. That really just kind of gets down to where the rubber meets the road, doesn't it? Having a faith in God's Word to be true. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 20 and 21. Knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Again, just confirmation Scripture saying, no, these are God's words. These have been preserved by God. They were ins- the men who wrote them were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write exactly what God wanted you and I to read today. Uh, isn't, doesn't that just... Oh, imagine that. God, God wrote words that long ago. Well over 1,500 years ago. All the different authors of Scripture... And they were moved by the Holy Spirit. If you'd turn out to uh, James chapter 1. One of the programs at the ranch that we have is, is called a... It's now called the School of Discipleship. For years it was known as the Apprentice Program. We still kind of call it that. But it's, it's a school of discipleship. Last year we were uh, blessed to graduate, I believe, 37 students from that. It's a college level, uh, very intensive discipleship program. They... They work alongside the staff. For many of you who have been up, you've met apprentices over the years. Um, and and it's, a, it's a real blessing to work with them. One of the portions of Scripture that they memorize while they're in the program is James chapter 1. And as, as I was thinking about uh, what to share today, and, and God's been exercising me, um, I'm, I'm not speaking words that God hasn't been working me over on. And to, to understand, to continue to submit ourselves, I have, uh, and you'll, you'll understand why I say it this way, I have the blessing, and, and that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek blessing. I am very blessed to do it, but I have a blessing of teaching a servant leadership class at the ranch. Now I'll tell you what, there's, I am very exercised in being a, a servant, and, and the, but that was Christ's picture to us when He was here of, of a servant. He's the one that washed the feet when nobody else would. And, and that's such a vital thing that is missing, I believe, in, in Christianity today is that, the, that Christ-like heart, that servant heart, that, that putting others first, esteeming others better than self. Wow. How many times do we exercise ourselves in that? You know, the the first in line, the first to get out on the road, pass somebody because they're going too slow because I've got to get there, and then you get there and they pull right in the parking lot behind you. Doesn't that stink? 
you, you saved five seconds maybe, and you white-knuckled on the wheel, and, you know, and all. And, but, it, but it is, I, I thank God that, that I am still exercised in that. What, what are we exercising ourselves in each day? What, what am I still learning? And so James 1 is, is a portion that they memorize. And is uh, we'll we'll start to read in James chapter one, starting in verse one, and and I think the question that I ask you will come to light here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brother, and count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace and the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh Patience. Wow. How many of you have ever prayed for patience? And, and what usually happens when you pray for patience? <laughs> you get exercised in patience, right? Because exercise is what grows us. It builds the muscle to be able to find joy or to resist temptation or, or whatever it is. There, why is that in life that nothing ever comes easy? You can't just decide to start an exercise program and then begin to build muscle and lose weight and oh, it's just so wonderful. No. It's, we've got to be tried in that. A muscle has to be exercised. It has to be worked in order for it to build up. So did, did any of you think of anything that was a trial when, when you were thinking of something that brought you joy? Anybody? No. Because that's not where our mind goes. We talked in Sunday school class about God's economy is, is different than the world's economy. What someone, what, what Satan intended for evil, what's God intended for? He intends it for good. Does, does just saying that change it? No, but believing that begins to. When we actually say, no, you know what? I can find joy in this because I know that the trying of my faith will work patience. The trying of that will help it grow. I will be able to place more of my trust in God. I will be able to say, God, I know You to be faithful. I do not understand the situation. I do not like the outcome. I do not like the fight that I'm having to, to wage in order for righteousness to be brought forth, but I trust that You are a part of this. I trust that You will continue to give me the faith to remain strong. 
and to persevere and to endure and to, to be able to deflect the praise of that to God because it's Him that's doing the work. And I have no idea why He's chosen to perform that work through us, but He has. Thank you for the, for the privilege to be here. Thank you for listening. As you leave today, as, as you maybe have time in the car to meditate on something, um, I've got about a two and a half hour drive back home, so God, there'll, there'll be tears shed in my car as I think about things in my life that pertain to this, of, of what, have I, what have I taken my trust and placed in something else and, and have, have been having that lesson my faith. I, I've, I've placed that faith somewhere else. God's saying, no, I, I want to grow your faith. I want to exercise you to be the person that I desire for you to be. Each of us as believers, God has a picture of who He's crafting us to be. That's a scary thing when you think about it. Because God, God evidently knows really well the things that get under my skin because He's crafting circumstances in my life to make that be a little bit of a rub. And to have me say, okay, Mark, how are you going to respond? Are you going to humble yourself? Are you going to say, okay, God, I trust You. I trust You. And I desire to just yield myself to You. Let's pray. Father God, thank You for Your Word. Father, thank You Lord, just for the, the way that it reveals us to ourselves. Father, You know us better than anyone else does. And Lord, it's, it's unbelievable that You still love us. We can only love You because You first love us. You chose to love us. You chose to send Your Son so that we could have a right standing before You. Father, thank You so much for the gift of Your Son and salvation. And um, Lord, we just dedicate the rest of this day to You. In Christ's name, 